Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning at 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene. Interesting day. A lot of central banks meeting the Bank of England decision. will be out in half an hour. We'll have that for you. Uh, another story that everybody is following this morning, Caterpillar says first quarter sales and profit will be below the average analyst estimate. Sales 9.3 to $9.4 billion. Adjusted EPS 65 to 70 cents. But the company at the same time reaffirmed its, reaffirmed its full year forecast $42 billion in revenue, EPS of $3.50 to $4. So they uh, must expect the economy to get better in the long run. In the short run, they're being punished in the markets. Caterpillar in early trading down 3%. Pershing Square Holdings, the publicly traded security of Bill Ackman's activist hedge fund, cutting its stake in Mondelez to 5.6%, sold about 20 million shares in the company. And we have this word from GlaxoSmithKline Chief Executive Andrew Witte. Will step down in 2017. The board will begin a search for a successor. Time now to check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, thank you very much. Presidential candidates are reacting to President Obama's Supreme Court nominee. Republican presidential candidate Ted Cruz says Merrick Garland would side with President Obama on major issues, including the Second Amendment. Cruz agrees with other Republicans not to vote on an Obama nominee. However, Hillary Clinton says Garland is someone with a long history of bipartisan support. Clinton says the Senate should do their constitutional duty and hold a vote on Garland. Russian President Vladimir Putin says Russia could again build up its forces in Syria in a few hours, if necessary, but military escalation is not our choice. Putin says Russia will keep striking extremist groups. Putin also says Russia's military operation in Syria created the conditions for peace talks to help resolve the country's five-year war. Security experts warn March Madness isn't just a fun time for college basketball fans. It is also lucrative for hackers. Dan Lorman is chief security officer at Security Mentor. He says a popular trick is sending fake links to unsuspecting fans. Really a surge in emails to websites, sports websites, to anybody who's downloading their brackets, to um, office pools. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Ray Katina Auto Group uh, Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashow. All right, Mike, more like men against boys last night in Oakland. The Warriors have 61 wins and the Knicks have 41 losses. And sure enough, Golden State rolled 121 to 85. Steph Curry didn't even play the fourth quarter, still scored 34 points, hit eight of 13 threes. Warriors have won 50 regular season home games in a row. They do have a very tough road game Saturday at San Antonio, who's unbeaten at home this year. Rangers won 2-1 at Anaheim. The unlikely hero defenseman Kevin Klein scoring both the goals. The game winner with 6.40 left in the third as the Rangers end what was their first two-game losing streak since December. New York area well represented today and tonight in the NCAA tournament. Seton Hall, Iona, and Stony Brook all in action. Yale and UConn as well. Last night in Dayton, Michigan held on to be Tulsa. Holy Cross, a tournament win for the first time since 1953, beating Southern, opening round of the NIT. Monmouth, the top seed, beat Bucknell 90-80. Wagner won at St. Bonaventure. Hofstra lost by two at GW. Princeton fell overtime at Virginia Tech. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashow. 
Thank you, John. And uh, for those of you with Bloomberg's BRKT, Bracket Go, you can fill out a bracket. You've got till noon. Tom Keene and I have filled out ours. We'll keep you abreast of our progress throughout the tournament here. This is Bloomberg Surveillance, your home for Tom Keene and Michael McKee's terrible basketball picks in the brackets and a bad morning in the markets as well. Fed fallout and a lot of central bank action. S&P futures down by six points right now, three-tenths of a percent. Dow futures off by 47. That's a three-tenths decline. And the stock 600 is off four points, 1.2 percent so far this morning. Time now for the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, partnering with government and industry to apply the university's world-class research assets to innovate and spur economic growth. Learn more at njit.edu. Here's Bob Moon. Michael, good morning. Here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Under intense pressure from animal welfare groups, SeaWorld says it will end all orca breeding as of today. Theme park operator says killer whales currently in the company's care will be the last generation of orcas at SeaWorld. It made the announcement along with the Humane Society of the United States and said it's forming a new partnership with that organization. Its orcas will live out their lives at the company's park habitats, and guests will be able to view them in what it calls natural encounters rather than theatrical shows. SeaWorld, which has stressed its scientific research in the past, says it will increase its focus on rescue operations. Analysis of scans of King Tut's burial chamber have revealed two hidden rooms. Egypt's antiquities minister made the announcement in Cairo today and says the chambers will be scanned again at the end of the month. One prominent researcher has theorized the remains of Queen Nefertiti might be inside. And if you're looking for a practical use for a 3D printer, look no further than Amos Dudley's smile. He happens to be a student at NJIT and used equipment at the school to scan and print models of his teeth. Then he created sets of clear braces on a 3D printer at the school. Price of materials less than $60 something that can cost up to $8,000 retail. Thing is, Dudley says he isn't even interested in orthodontics. And that's this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Michael. If you have a teenager, you're interested in orthodontics. (laughs) That we know. All right. Thank you, Bob Moon. Well, Jenny Yellen uh, defended the Fed doing nothing and lowering their path of uh, interest rates going forward yesterday by saying they are worried about what's going on in the rest of the world. That's what they paid George Friedman to do. He's uh, the founder and chairman of Geopolitical Futures. He worries about uh, what's going on in the rest of the world for a living. And I want to ask you about some of the areas that Ms. Yellen was talking about, uh, Ms. Friedman. And uh, he, she started with China. So why don't we start with China? A lot of concern about uh, their growth. And uh, one reason people are concerned about their growth is what it means for Chinese politics and Chinese society. Hi. Uh, yeah, that's one worry. My bigger worry is unemployment. Uh, the Chinese are struggling with trying to keep full employment, and they're terrified about the social unrest that will occur if there is unemployment. And to stabilize the economy, there has to be unemployment. A lot of these factories that are sucking up capital simply are inefficient and have to go out of business. And what the Chinese are terrified of is a massive unemployment uh, destabilizing the country. That's how the Chinese Communist Party started. What are the odds that they get any kind of instability? Well, it's hard to imagine that they won't get instability. Uh, China is not a wealthy country. Uh, Over a billion people live in extreme poverty. 
And if those people who went to the coastal region to get wealthy get laid off and they're being laid off, uh, where do they go? They can't really go back to their villages. Uh, if they stay in Shanghai and Guangdong, they become uh, an unstable force. The Chinese are really facing a very serious problem. And, you know, everybody's kind of been waiting for the Chinese to go back to the way they were. They're not going to. This is the new normal for China. Well, then, uh, what do we see in terms of Chinese policy to deal with it? Well, right now what we see is two things. A massive uh, dictatorship that is clamping down on the country trying to hold it together and a purge of the Communist Party because a lot of the Communist Party officials became extremely wealthy in this process. Uh, the government is going to try to transfer their money to the unemployed and so on. There's going to be resistance on that. So we are now going to see massive uh, dictatorship. Next question is, does China go back to the way it was before 1947 with uh, regional powers where Shanghai basically says to the rest of the country, uh, we're not going to go with you. We're not going to do this massive transfer. It will impoverish us. So they have some huge and difficult choices to make. What's your bet on how it turns out? One of the problems for the rest of the world is the opaqueness of what's happening in Chinese politics. The personal struggles are opaque. The real problem is very clear. Uh, there are those in the Chinese Communist Party who have profited massively from this. The government, in the end, is going to have to expropriate a lot of their wealth and transfer it to the poorer people. They're going to resist. I don't see how this winds up without at least massive instability in China, where regional party organizations try to resist or simply ignore Beijing. That may take place, but China still has to function as an economy. So what does it mean for the rest of the world, for demand for, from the rest of the world? Well, two problems Chinese have. Demand for their goods in the rest of the world has really decreased uh, for two reasons. One, the world is in at least stagnation, if not recession. And second, other countries are a lot cheaper to buy from. China's main advantage was low wages. Uh, the lending policies of the past few years have created inflation in China. At this point, production in Mexico is cheaper than in China. Production in Bangladesh is much cheaper than in China. China's main advantage was its low wages. It gave it high growth. It's lost that advantage. It fantasizes about becoming a high-tech power. Doing that and be competing with the United States, Germany, South Korea, Japan, that's a tough game. All right, we'll come back and talk more with George Friedman from Geopolitical Futures here on Bloomberg Surveillance. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio Worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.